Hello and welcome to the podcast series called Behind the Athlete. My name is Raf Agostino and I have the privilege of working at School Sport Victoria. You might have noticed that we're really excited by the athletes that have come through our Team Vic pathway, the athletes we're calling Team Vic alumni. These athletes have gone on to be elite athletes and even wear the green and gold and represent their country and become an Olympian. We're pretty excited by that. So we knew there were life lessons to be learned by talking to not just the athletes, but the people who are support staff and have played a significant role in these athletes becoming who they are. So enjoy this short podcast series called Behind the Athletes as we dive into the ups and the downs, the highs and the lows, as we talk to parents, coaches, teachers, principals, anyone who's had a significant part in these Team Vic alumni athletes becoming elite athletes and Olympians. We're really excited and we hope you get lots of lessons out of this short series. Enjoy. Did you know School Sport Victoria offers 650,000 sporting opportunities in 31 different sports? At 10,700 events across the state every single year. That's a lot of kids playing sport. And for over 25 years, the Victorian School Sports Awards have recognised more than 1,500 students, teachers and volunteers for excellence and outstanding contribution to school sport. Now that's a champion effort. We are here for the Behind the Athlete podcast, and I'm joined by the very handsome Warwick Giddy. Warwick, how are you, mate? Oh, great, thanks, Raf. It's uh, it's awesome. They can't see the pictures and just got the audio, <laughs> mate. So they they really can't doubt you on that one. Well, mate, I'm looking at. I've never met you before, but I, I seriously now know where Josh gets his dangerous good looks from. You're a, you're a good man, but you um, we're here to talk about you know Josh and Josh Giddy and his um, amazing achievements, but you know, before we do, we're to park on yours. You, you too are an, a bit of a star in terms of basketball. Is that correct? Oh, look, you know, I've I, I reached some heights, but, um, you know, quickly overtaken by Josh in about two or three games. And, yeah, I, I was fortunate enough to have a long career, you know, 15, 16 years and, and played with the Illawarra Hawks and then uh, Melbourne Tigers for about 14 seasons and ended up on, on 449 games. So uh, never made a three in my career. Josh smashed that one in about two or three games and, uh you know, we had more double-doubles in the first 10 games than I, I did in 449 games. So I think he superseded me pretty quick. Brilliant stuff. And um, you've, you've got other kids that, you know, um, you, you may not want to chat about today, but you've got other kids too that are also fantastic basketballers. It's been around you for a long time, hey? Yeah, look, you know, fortunate the whole family's into basketball. Um, you know, Josh's mum, Kim, she she played for uh, the Melbourne Tigers NBL and Australian Juniors, and uh, she was an elite player for the Victoria Country. Uh, our oldest daughter, Hannah, is now attending Oral Roberts uh, University in uh, Oklahoma. She's going back for her second year and uh, she also represented the state at another 20 levels and uh, played for Melbourne Tigers. And another two younger daughters, uh, Neve, who plays under 18 for the Melbourne Tigers and uh, I coach, currently coach Ella in the under 14 Melbourne Tigers girls. So uh, they're all born and bred into, into the sport and, uh, you know, Josh was no exception either. Brilliant stuff. I can see where they get their um, their passion for basketball from. But we're talking to you as a parent now and, you know, as a parent of a, a, a potential NBA player, which we'll talk about in a second, 
what was it, when did you realise that Josh might one day make an NBA team or might one day make an Olympic team? Oh, look, I, I don't know that we ever thought that he was, you know, flat out going to make an Olympic team or, or an NBA team, but we always thought he had the potential to do it. Um, you know, obviously, uh, he, had, he had a major growth spurt when he was about 15, and uh, and that obviously helped him. Anyone that, that uh, physically grows and, um, you know, outsizes the other opponents is, is always going to have an advantage. So his skills were always, I always thought, were pretty first class, but what he had better than most people was his IQ and, and the way he read the game. And he did that from an early age, maybe under 12s. And, you know, fortunate enough being around me, watching the Tigers, the Melbourne Tigers NBL team at elite level, watching videos of our, our team play. And, uh, you know, fortunately, we ran exactly the same structure. So he was able to see Andrew Gaze, Leonard Copeland, running these plays from the point guard position, uh, you know, the passes they made, the, the structure we run, the timing of it. And, uh, you know, I think all this helped in his education of the game. Uh, and then once his skills caught up and were, were good enough to go with his IQ, uh, you know, you got the end result. Which is um, fantastic. And I guess that it, I, as a parent, you don't want to put too much pressure on your kid too early, but you, you want to, um, I guess, how do you balance the, the pressure you put on them or not pressure, but the expectation and just getting them to enjoy the sport as well? Yeah, look, at an early age, and, um, you know, I sort of tell a few people this story. I watched my, my oldest daughter, and, and she began basketball at Wembley Primary School in Yarraville at, at six years of age, and, and they put them straight into basketball teams. It's a fantastic school. And uh, she had a kid that was coaching her, and, and no disrespect to the kid, he put his hand up and wanted to do it. But but I watched him, him coaching, and it was really just like someone that didn't know basketball, here's the ball, do some layups, and there was no education about the game. And, and from that moment on, I thought, and complain about anyone coaching my kids. If I can't handle it, I'm going to do it myself. So, uh, you know, I really started in Josh as, as a four or five-year-old at prep and, and with a bunch of his mates, really taught myself how to coach, how do I teach them to, to do a layup, how do I give them the correct footwork. So from a young age, you, you know, we instilled the correct footwork and the basics of the game. And once he had that down pat, uh, the game's so much more enjoyable. They can keep the ball, they know how to change direction, they can put the ball in the basket. So... It was really just a matter of uh, teaching the kids the skills, Josh included, and uh, and watching them evolve and learn the game and understand how the sport's played. So the clever ones move on quicker. Uh, they get better skilled and understand the game. And, uh, you know, Josh did that really at an early age and uh, and he was a great team player always, you know. And coming from me, again, again, it's a mix because I'm a parent and, and a basketball uh, person. You know, I'm trying to teach him to be unselfish and, from an early age, I, I got him to make those decisions. If your teammate's open, even if you can't catch or, or shoot the ball, the right decision is to give them the ball. So inclusiveness of, of all your teammates, uh, help them out. Obviously, you're the star. Um, I was very nervous about my kid being the hog in the team and other parents like, oh, look at the coach's son. He's playing all the minutes. But um, I had great support from all, all the parents. And, um, you know, they probably more than anyone told me how much of a superstar Josh was going to be in the future. So I was always reserved. His mum was reserved, but uh, the, the, the people around us were, were clearly telling him at an early age that uh, he, he was going to be a superstar. Yeah. And I mean, you've got, I'm sure you've got so many stories to tell, but, you know, fast forward now, we, we're talking about him at primary school, but what's happening? What's talk, talk us through and talk the audience through what's happening in the next couple of weeks for you? Yeah, look, we're off this weekend to, to the US and obviously with the NBA draft coming up, um, he, we're lucky enough to get a, you know, what they call a green room. I think some people might have read it, which means we've got a table on, on the floor. I think there's about 15 players that'll have, um, you know, six people or a table of six with them. 
so yeah, we're really lucky that Josh has been, been one of those guys to, to get an invite for the table. So we're, we're flying over. Uh, hopefully he gets draft um, on, on uh, Friday. I think it's 10.30 uh, on the 30th of July, our time. So it's the 29th over there. Uh, hopefully he gets drafted after that. The next day we'll probably leave to go to the town where, where he gets picked up. And uh, we're taking the whole family, the kids. Um, Hannah will be en route back to Oklahoma College. So she's just going to chop in for the for the, for the the few nights. And, uh, yeah, we'll go back to the town, help him settle in, find accommodation. And then I think about 10 days later they go to Vegas for the summer league. So we'll venture back down to L.A., maybe do some Disneyland with the kids um, and then maybe drive up to Vegas and, and stay there indefinitely until we can get a flight home, which uh, at this stage doesn't look like to be until September. And really? the quarantine bed's been cut in half. Um, yeah, we've, we've got to wait and, and make sure one of those books. So exciting times. We'll, we'll get to see Josh play his first few summer league games and, uh, you know, go to the new place that uh, he's going to call home for the next year, hopefully. I mean, you must be pinching yourself. Josh Giddy has come through our Team Vic program, our, our basketball pathway, and as you said, he, he grew up. Um, pretty quickly in, in terms of height but you must be pinching yourself in the sense that this is all your Christmas has come at once not only do you get to see the family reunited again because you haven't seen your daughter for a while but you get to see your boy um, I guess enter into this dream that every little kid has at a young age is, is would that be accurate yeah absolutely you know he, he's got a picture a big frame picture of uh, I think it's KD um, you know, LeBron, Steph Curry, the, the Fab Five that, that are on his bedroom wall. And, you know, he's had dreams from a kid, that, you know, about one day playing in the NBA. And, um, you know, I, I, it's tough. And you, you let any other kids know he's, he's had setbacks, um, just mm-hmm. like a lot of kids have in sport. And, you know, he, he never made the under-16 state team. And, you know, he was right on the fringe there and, you know, arguably could have been in. But, um, you know, again, in the under-18s, bottom age, um, you know, he was close to selection and was selected as emergency. So... Those two little setbacks um, sort of just made him keener and hungrier. Uh, he just worked harder. And uh, by the time we got to the under-18s, he'd, he'd really propelled up in the sport. And, um, you know, it was just amazing what he was able to achieve in that, that quick one or two-year span going from the, the Vic 18 sides to the NBA Global Academy in Canberra under Marty Clark and then uh, going to all those World Junior tournaments uh, that he did and he did so well in. So that really catapulted him on the international scene and uh, really got him in the eyes of a lot of basketball people, not only in Australia, but the, but the NBA scouts as well. That's fantastic. And how did you, as a dad, keep that enjoyment factor going for him? Because as you would know, enjoyment's really important to keep kids in sport. How did you keep him enjoying it, even when there were those setbacks that you talk about? Uh, look, you know, I think he was getting his, his enjoyment through the Melbourne Tigers and, and the side that I coached. Um, you know, we had great success from, from basically our side from under 14s um, or under 12s to under, under 16s, we, we lost one or two games. And, uh, you know, he was a premier point guard there. And, um, you know, we, we'd love nothing more than, than turning up on Friday nights and playing. So his enjoyment came from from the team he was in. And, you know, obviously I coached it. And just having fun, running structure, you know, working the game, knowing, knowing how to pick people off with, with passes or, you know, running offense and some structure. So, yeah, we, we, as I said, we were highly structured and, um, you know, the, the kids we coached got great fun and, and the success we had was was phenomenal for, for probably six to eight years there with that team. So that was really his, his joyful moments, um, you know, where he could dominate, you know, against his own age. And, and obviously then when he got to the to the NBA Global Academy, things became a little tougher and uh, the opponents were a lot better. Yeah, fair enough. And how do you as a parent, you, you know, you're staring down the barrel of, of Josh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm I think you've been a bit modest in saying that he hope he gets picked up. He's going to get picked up. Like, you know, he's going to be yeah. pretty amazing yeah. and a great draft pick. 
how do you then, how do you and Kim stare down the barrel of having to say goodbye to him and not seeing him as often as you'd like and also having a daughter overseas as well? How does a parent grapple with that? Yeah, look, it's tough. We're, we're lucky Hannah's back at the moment. Um, so she got, got two months off to come home and so, so she heads back over there in, in August. Obviously, will come over with us to the, to the draft and then back to Oklahoma. But, yeah, it's tough. we got another two girls um, back at home. But, you know, both Josh and, and Hannah left within a week of each other. Um, Hannah yeah. to college and Josh to Adelaide last year. So, mm. um, you know, Kim and I have both been through that as, as kids. We grew up left home at early ages. Uh, Kim went to, to Adelaide at, at 17 to pursue her basketball career. And I, I went to the Institute of Sport back mm. in 85 as an 18-year-old. So we, we're quite used to, to in our own lives having done that. So, um, you know, it's, it's like anything. If you love something, set it free. If it comes back, it's yours. If it, <laughs> if it doesn't, it never was. And I'm sure those kids will be coming back. If not, we'll be running after them. But, um, you know, it's, a, it's just a great feeling to, to watch them both pursue their dreams, um, you know, achieve what, the, what they've been dreaming for all their life. And, um, you know, obviously with Josh's success, um, you know, his, his two younger sisters are going to want to head over to the States and, and probably go to and play college ball. But, but, you know, we've got a big family decision. Do we move over there, um, mm. support Josh? You know, he's an 18-year-old kid going into this man's world. Uh, this NBA crazy world with crazy money and crazy yeah. things happening all the time. So he's definitely going to need support there. So... Logistically, we've got, to, we've got to check out everything with all my coaching duties here, uh, you know, Kim's work, my work, and, um, you know, all the financials. So, financially, we should be right with Josh now, and uh, hope, hopefully he'll, he'll give us some kickback for the 18 years. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all the board, you didn't charge him. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. You know, when I, when I had that $100 in my pocket and gave him 20 um, you know, that's 20%. So, you know, we'll, we'll be reminding him about that. But, uh, oh, you know, but that, that, that's just one of the good side effects that, that, that comes with his success, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, and his enjoyment and, you know, just being happy and healthy and all that is really important. What, what advice would you give to a parent who, you know, potentially has the the next athlete in their midst who might be the next NBA player, the, the next Olympian, they're, they're 10 or 12 years old as, as a kid? What would you say to a parent? Oh, look, you've got to support the kids' dream and, um, you know, be there for the kids. We, we, you know, Kim and I have, have taken our kids everywhere. You know, nothing's been too hard. If there's a rep squad, if we had to drive to training or to, or to game. So it's, it's really about just being there to support the kids and, and, um, and let them achieve their dreams and chase their dreams. Now, there's so many kids out there that maybe parents can't afford the registration fees. Uh, they can't get, you know, three kids from, you know, all over the place in different directions. So... It's about getting network support. You know, I always tell parents, find a kid's friend that's also in the team that can give them a lift, uh, that can help them out. So, um, you know, and, and, and again, I tell young kids to play as many sports as they can. You know, I yeah. grew up, all our kids grew up, you know, we, we put Josh through tennis lessons. You know, he played cricket. Um, you know, he played Aussie rules. He was quite confident at that. Uh, he had a go at soccer. You know, so there was nothing he didn't try as well as that girl. So the hand-eye coordination with all kids, um, they'll find their calling eventually. And I think these days yeah. too many coaches are telling kids to decide their sport at maybe 12 or 13 or 14 years of age which I, I think is completely wrong. And until they cross over and uh, you have clashes where you can't do them all or you can't do two sports um, and you may be required to make a choice, I, I think up to that stage, uh, have the enjoyment of the sport, the involvement with your team, with your teammates, and uh, you should participate in as much as you can and as much as possible that your parents can get you to. That's great advice, Warwick. I love that. And I love that it's important to get kids to you know, play all sports, but I think that, 
I mean, I'm speaking generally, of course, but some coaches may fear that they're losing a kid to another sport. But in actual fact, it's, you know, we're all in the same boat, so to speak. Kids are playing sport and that's the most important thing, no matter what sport they're playing. How do you keep the boundary between coach, because you are a fantastic coach as well, and a parent when it comes to Josh and even your other kids? Oh, look, that's always tough, you know. I'm, I'm clearly a coach first when it, when it comes to game time and, uh, you know, they don't get as much sympathy as they would if I wasn't playing basketball. But uh, it's a tough one. I'm, I'm, I'm extremely conscientious of it, um, especially with Josh. Uh, yeah, I was fortunate with our team that we won so much. He, he didn't have to play, you know, 40 minutes a game and, you know, it wasn't like, oh, the coach's son's playing all this game, all this time. So... I had a really great relationship with Josh. You know, obviously it was, it was hot and cold. And he'd be getting into strife if we weren't playing good or if he was doing the wrong thing. Um, but, you know, I'm always encouraging of him, uh, supportive of him. But, you know, as I said, extremely conscientious about the fact that they're my kids and I can't treat them any differently. So maybe sometimes I've gone overboard just to show the, the other people that, hey, there's, there's no favours with my kids. So my, my, my guys would probably tell you I'm way tougher on them than their teammates. Um, unfortunately, that's that. That's the nature of the beast. But um, you know, in the car on the way home, I can tell them how well they did, and uh, yeah. you know, I can have an individual conversation with them, and, um, which can hopefully settle things down if I've been fiery in the game. I mean, it would be hard, wouldn't it? Taking taking that parent hat off and taking that coach hat off at certain times at home. You want to be a parent on the on the court. You want to be a a coach. So it, I'd imagine it would be pretty tough. How did you balance the importance of education? Because, you know, Josh is also a bright boy as well. How did you balance the importance of education and Josh having to train as an elite athlete a lot of the time and, have, and give a lot of time to the court? Yeah, look, he, that, that was extremely tough. And, uh, you know, I, I was, wasn't in the school at a young age and yeah. really my, my idea of school was, was to participate in sport and, and get yeah. legitimate days out by, by representing different sports. So Josh was probably no different. Um, you know, it was a high balance in that. We, we were really keen for him to get an education, just at least finish year 12, get that ticked off. And, um, you know, obviously with his basketball career going so quickly, we, we said, you know, when you finish that, if you want to go to university, and get a, an extra education or do that while you, you play an NBA, that, that's fine. So um, he, he kicked the year 12 off. Obviously, when he went to the NBA Global, he, he was in year 12. So they have a great education program down there and a hookup with Jim and Dara uh, College there. So any, any of the kids that are that's still eligible to be uh, in high school would go there. So they have high, high requirements. Marty Clark and, and Adam Capone were, were very good in pushing the education bit at the Institute of Sport and making sure that the kids wouldn't drop that. And, and I commonly tell young kids, I said, you know, the, if you want to be a basketball star or a sports star, there's nothing wrong with that. That, that can be a priority. But the backup has to be your education. Uh, you, you have to have something to, to fall back on in case you get injured or you're not, not good enough to, to make those heights. So uh, Josh's first priority was sport. He had a backup of education. Fortunately, he hasn't needed that too much. Uh, he'll clearly need the mass to count his money. But um, other than that, if, if he really feels like he, he wants to get a business degree, that, that's something he can pursue uh, either while he's playing basketball or at the end of his NBA career. So uh, I sort of tell all parents these days, if, if financially they're going to be, you know, set up, and, and especially with Josh and playing high-level sport, yeah. traditionally you, you're going to be pretty well remunerated. So uh, the fact that they could study after that, um, you know, kids and they're financially secure, uh, I think a lot of them would do that. So... I take the importance straight away out of, out of not having an education from university so much if you want to pursue your sports career. But 
uh, university will wait for you, but high school, you clearly need to finish that, and, and that's highly important for most kids, I think. That's a great attitude to have. It's, you know, we do put a lot of pressure on the kids to know what they want to do in their career when they leave school, but generally, as adults, we evolve and change, and, and we're, we're different at 28, we're different at 38 kind of thing, so... How did you deal with, like, Josh is 19 years old and he's incredibly talented. I, I'm not massive into basketball, but I know enough to know about the kid and the family that he's just a phenomenal athlete with a lot of talent. And as a 19-year-old, just about made the Olympics in terms of he went over there, he was listed in emergency and then just got cut right at the very end. How did the family and Josh deal with that part, not, not becoming an Olympian? Oh, look, that was really tough. And he actually turns 19 in, in October, so it's oh, actually a team at the moment. Yeah, so, but, um, yeah, you know, that was tough, and especially going over in the camp, high expectations. Um, you, you know, there was a sense that they may take him as, as one of that 11 or 12th player. Uh, he was obviously shattered not to make it, um, you know, disappointed. Just, you know, the, you know, saying that, there was some great talent there, and, you know, it's nothing to be ashamed or embarrassed about uh the, the level of talent he went up against was, was phenomenal. And Australian basketball is in, in such a, a rich, uh, a rich vein at the moment in, in this era. So, um, but but just the experience of training with that, that caliber of blokes to be able to fit into that culture, to hang around Paddy and Deli and Joe Ingalls and uh, Aaron Baines, those greats was you know that was so so valuable for for him to to be in around men, um, you know, internationally, uh, to be able to play against Nigeria and do so well, just to show that, you know, I'm, I'm capable at this level uh, against NBA players and with NBA players. So I think the old experience for him, for him was was just an absolute start-up for what he needed for the NBA to, to show people, hey, I can compete at this level. Um, and he, he probably got a touch advantage on most other draftees, the fact that, you know, they haven't had a chance to compete against the NBA players or with them. Um, they've just played the college system. So uh, I think it was really good for, for one, his confidence, and, and then two, for the, for the education of it all. And given that he's 18, he's going to have so many more shots at the opportunity to, to be an Olympian as well. So in my mind, I, I have no doubt that he will make it at the next one. But, you know, you're right in saying that he's in amazing company with Dante Exum, um, Ben Simmons has also come through the Team Vic program, um, Dante Exum has Matthew Delavadova. You know, it's. I don't. Again, I don't know too much about basketball, but I do know this one fun fact that the most amount of number one draft picks in the world comes from the city of Melbourne. Melbourne is is the has produced the most number one draft picks. So, if there's anywhere you want to play sport in Australia, Melbourne's got to be it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think they got us on numbers all up, but uh, yeah, no, that's a great stat to have. And uh, yeah, I don't think Josh is going to add to the number one, but um, he'll add to another one coming out of Melbourne, which will be, be absolutely fantastic. Yeah, brilliant. All right. Well, that's that's exciting stuff, and, and we look forward to watching with anticipation, um, celebrate with your family to to just, you know, champion you, your family, and Josh's cause, and, you know, who knows where it's going to go, but we're certainly going to be watching with um, hopeful expectation that it's going to be amazing and we're going to continue to, you know, celebrate and push forward and raise his profile and raise awareness about how talented this young guy is. Yeah, look, we're looking forward to the journey and, um, you know, I tell people we'll hang on to Josh's coattails for as long as we can until he sort of stomps us off. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it's an exciting time for the whole family and especially Josh and, you know, as I sell all kids, um, 
you know, his dream's about to happen. And, you know, he's had his dream for, for a long time. And um, as I said to kids, you, you make out of your dreams of, of what you want and uh, you've got to put the hard work in. And he's a clear uh, testament to, to that success. So, um, yeah, exciting times and uh, much appreciated today, Raph. Thanks very much. No worries. Good luck next week in America. I'm sure it's going to be amazing. Um, and stay safe and stay out of COVID's way. I'm sure you already know that anyway. <laughs> yeah, we're fully vaccinated. We're, we're, we'll be fighting it off with, uh, you know, tooth and nail.